0: And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And, you know, Dan, one of the things that tends to come up around summertime or as we get into summertime, a lot of times it happens January 1st. You make those resolutions. You want to get back into the gym, you want to start to start the new year off with a new exercise routine, get in shape, lose some weight, and then maybe along the way towards the end of January, we kind of forget about the gym. But then kind of once March hits and we get a hint of some warm weather, people start talking about their beach bodies, bikini bodies. Um, you know, men want to get out there and hit the beach or whatever they're doing, shirts off, looking cut and looking good with their six-packs. And so we start to look at ourselves, our bodies, our physical appearance, as to what can we do to make improvements on them. And so we go to the mirror. And so we look at the mirror and we start to see things in ourselves. And then from there, we go to perhaps what maybe other people think about us, you know, and through conversations, you know, oftentimes you get that, which we've talked about, I'm sure before, you know, when when your significant other, whether it be a wife or a girlfriend or somebody comes and says, hey, do you like my new hair? You know, do we really tell them the truth? But, you know, they're looking for that acceptance of, you know, what I did to my hair looks good, uh, that reassurance. And then you've got, you know, various inputs and influences upon us. And that could be good or could be bad, uh, depending on, you know, the information that we hear and how our mind is so that we can take in this information. And then that leads us to, um, you know, looking at ourselves, not through the mirror, not through the eyes of other people or the opinions of other people, but looking at ourselves, our soul through that of the cross. And I thought that that's maybe something that we could uh, talk about here on this episode
1: yeah I think all of that son is so uh so relevant um you know everybody deals with that in terms of their appearance and uh, how they perceive themselves how others are looking at them and then as you say it it ultimately comes comes down to um you know how does God see me and and what's my understanding of the cross or do i do I value the cross and I know we'll be getting into that today just you know there, there's a vast difference between how people view um, the message of the cross, and 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 really, as uh, as a person looks into their soul through the cross, um, they get a very good idea of whether or not they're connected to God or not.
0: And as we get started, I have a um, piece of audio that I'd like to play to get us going. Because again, when we start looking at ourselves, the first place we go to the is to the mirror to see our reflection, and our reflection gives us the first hint or taste of what it is that our body looks like, what it is that we look like. And a lot of times, too, you look in the movies and you get those movie scenes where the main character has that, you know, reflective look. He's He or she is maybe over the sink and then they look up into the mirror and they have that reflective look at themselves like am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Do I feel good about what I'm doing? And stuff like that. So here's a clip I like to play to kind of get us going with our self-reflection as we look into the mirror and how we see ourselves. And is the mirror giving us a true reflection of who we are?
1: Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Famed is thy beauty, majesty. But hold... A lovely maid, I see. Rags cannot hide her gentle grace. Alas, she is more fair than thee. Alas for her. Reveal her name.
0: Lips red as the rose. Hair black as
1: ebony. Skin white as snow. Snow white.
0: So that clip, obviously from, I believe it's nineteen thirty-seven, Snow White, and the the Queen is looking in the mirror, and I guess up until that point, the mirror keeps telling her she's the fairest, she's the fairest, she's the fairest. Then all of a sudden, one day, she's not the fairest anymore, and it becomes Snow White, and then the you know animated movie goes from there. But when we look at the mirror, Dan, oftentimes we see a reflection. And that reflection, the information that we're receiving, isn't the mirror telling us anything like in Snow White, but what it is, it's our perception and us interpreting what we see. And sometimes that could be a good thing, and sometimes that could be a dangerous thing when we're looking at ourselves through the mirror because it just depends on what our psyche is at that moment is going to determine the information that we're looking at.
1: Absolutely, son. And I was thinking of that scripture verse, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So charm is deceptive. Uh, Beauty is fleeting. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Um, These bodies are getting older every day. And so much of our society, so much of the media, so much of the entertainment industry is all geared around our physical appearance. And the people who are worshiped in society and in culture tend to be the the most beautiful women, the the best looking guys, uh, the the people who have the best uh, physique. And and yet, when we come to scripture, uh, we find that uh, our soul, our immortal soul, that invisible part of us, is so much more important than our body. Not that we shouldn't care for our bodies or uh, try to take care of our bodies. Of course, we do that. But our soul is the most valuable part of us. It's the real you. It's, it's who you are. It's, it's who you want to be. It's your thoughts and your emotions and your decision-making ability. And and I think so much, Son, of what we see in, in the culture is is trying to get people to have a better uh, self-image of themselves physically or in terms of their abilities. But we come to Scripture and we see that uh, the focus is on godliness, and the only way to get that is to come to God uh, and and to be forgiven of your sins and that can only happen at the cross. so uh, I know today as we talk about this idea of, of you know really looking into your soul um, at the cross um, we we really we really discover that either I I know what God has done to save me of my sins and make me, you know, one of his own, or I don't. And and, and it really boils down to, uh, to what I do with the cross. And, and that takes my eyes off of myself, off of my perceptions of myself or how I perceive others are looking at me. And it places it uh, on that that place where God said, I love you. My son died for you. Um, your sins have separated you from me, but, but I did the one thing that would bring us together uh, today, tomorrow and forever. So it all comes down to the cross. And, and it's so interesting to me, son, that in the scriptures, we're told the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us, for being saved, is the power of God. So the message of the cross, when you look into that mirror, when you look into your soul, what do you see? Uh, you know, you'll hear people in our society son, they'll they'll make fun of God. They'll say, "Well, only a monster would would sacrifice his only son for other people." They don't understand the message of the cross. They don't understand God's love. They don't understand our sin and why that was the only way our sin could be forgiven. And so they mock. They mock the gospel, they mock God, they mock the cross. Uh, now, I haven't heard too many people do that. I mean, uh, I would say probably most people who don't um, believe in the cross or think it's a foolish message, they probably don't say a whole lot about it one way or the other. But you do get some of those uh, real um uh, real strident atheist who who'll be vocal, or sometimes somebody online, they'll be writing something, uh, you know, and and they'll, um, they'll they'll talk about God with, with such a, a blasphemous tone, and they'll even, you know, you'll hear people even use the word monster. Well, um, they obviously don't understand the cross. They don't understand what Jesus did to to pay for our sins on the cross. But I think this all gets wrapped up. And I think what you've, what you've got here, son, today, uh, as our, as our topic. And so, yeah, this is a, a very, very relevant, important, crucial issue for us to be talking about.
0: You know, Dan, I saw a video recently, it was on a social media platform and it was a a gal who was all dressed up, had the makeup on, had the clothes on, was looking really good. And as you looked at the video and you looked at the comments, people had posted, you know, nice flattering things about the person they were looking at, you know, lovely lady. And then as the video scrolls along, she starts to remove an eyelash you know cuz she was wearing fake eyelashes and then the next thing you know she takes out her teeth and she had i guess uh, dentures and then the next thing you know she takes off her uh, a wig and she has like ratty hair and so she starts then you know and then she adjusts something on the camera and a filter goes away and then all of a sudden at the end of the day at the end of the video what you end up with is a heroin addict. She used to be a heroin addict and heroin mm-hmm. or meth. One of those uh, really took a toll on her body. And the point was about um, judging someone from the outside and then to change because she was no longer, you know, she was celebrating so many years sober, but she was also realizing that this was the toll that her decisions had made. And then the comments started to change from, you know, flattering, kind of surface level, you know, congrats on how you look, you look beautiful to, well, thank you for overcoming. Thank you for sharing. You're an inspiration, you know, things like that. And then of course you had some nasty comments as well, which you find on social media. And as I was looking at this video, one of the things, okay, so that would be let's say us looking in the mirror. Okay, getting a perspective from someone who went from a beautiful person with filters, makeup and all that, to the natural reality that You know, her body's been abused by a drug that really took away her physical appearance. Well, then if you look at that through the cross, I see kind of a similar thing going the opposite way, though, from ugly to beautiful. When you look at, you know, Saul of Tarsus versus the Apostle Paul, you know, you have Saul Mm -hmm. who is somebody out there that's killing Christians, someone whose heart is hardened, someone who would probably be, you know, in the eyes of the cross, his soul would be like this ugly thing that Mm -hmm. is just you know despicable to look upon because how can this person kill christians and then as he gets transformed by the cross not we're not talking this like vanity of a beautiful person but you start to see now somebody that becomes transformed and whose soul now becomes that that follows jesus and it becomes this beautiful soul that now instead of crucifying christians Mm -hmm. is out there trying to spread the gospel message to others who then end up you know, uh, given his life for the message. And so it was just something that yeah. kind of came to mind when we look yeah. at this soul through the cross versus yeah. the body through the mirror. Sometimes what we see yeah. can be deceptive, but when we look at our yeah. soul through the cross, if we're honest mm-hmm. with ourselves, we can get a real true, um, measure of the type of person yeah. that we are.
1: Yes. And I think if we take this excellent analogy that you're running with here, son, and, and just having us look in this mirror, you know, if we think about Saul of Tarsus, You know, when he looked at him, if he would have been looking at himself, let's say in a mirror, okay, um, he would have seen a devout Jew. He would have seen someone who was doing all of the outward things you could possibly do to be religious, and in his mind, um, to really do what 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 he thought God expected of him. So he would have looked into the mirror and seen um, righteousness in himself and in his deeds. Now, when he was converted. Um, and and, and if, if then when he became Paul, the apostle Paul, after his conversion, if he'd have been looking into a mirror, he would have seen a sinner saved by grace. He, he would have seen someone who was not righteous enough to be uh, to be in God's family. But but someone who was declared righteous because of the cross and, and because of what Jesus did for him. And, and so to look at your soul through the cross would would be to, to to look at the cross and ask yourself, is this is this my salvation? What Jesus did there, or is it just some message that you know maybe man came up with, um, some way to try to get people to you know behave a certain way or believe a certain thing? Um, you know when anyone looks at the cross on, um, they can look into their soul in the sense of, um, they're going to, they're going to be able to see either they believe the message of the gospel or they, or they don't. And if they don't, then what they're going to see is that they're not, um, they're not, uh, believers in, in Jesus as savior. And of course we know in scripture, then what, what Jesus said, uh, and what, and what John wrote about in the gospel of John, you know, is that if you don't believe, then God's wrath remains on you. Meaning you're still under the law. You're, 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 you're not righteous in God's eyes. So there's a lot that can be seen when you you look at the cross, and and as you consider your own sin, your own righteousness or lack thereof, and boy, Saul of Tarsus he was self righteous, but he was not converted yet. Um, Paul, on the other hand, his righteousness was in Christ, uh, just like that old hymn with the the wonderful words that uh, that say, "My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness." So this is what the Christian is able to say because this is our faith. Um, you know, I, I've been encouraging people now uh, quite a bit in recent months just to just to pray to the Lord. Uh, just those seven words, um, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And I would say on anyone listening today, if they have any, uh, any questions about where they stand relative to the cross, relative to the Savior, relative to heaven, um, Boy, what a great place to start as you turn to the Lord in repentance, uh, as you recognize your sin. When you look into the mirror, you see a sinner, but God also sees someone that, that his son died for. And so if you'll just call out to God today and say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. This is how you can begin to have um, a vision uh, of the cross. And by a vision, I mean um, you can start to see it for what it is you can start to believe it for what it is. And you can start to then know that Christ is your savior, which interestingly saw, in, um, you know, Christians, many times you'll hear them say, well, Jesus is my savior. They'll use that that pronoun, my, not meaning he's only mine, but it's a very personal relationship. Whereas before you're saved and forgiven and redeemed, you know, you, you, you maybe talk about Jesus, you know, as a, as a great person or, or, or this prophet or whatever, but you really don't talk about him as my savior until you trust him as your savior. So that's the call that goes out. That's what, what happened at the cross. Jesus died so that people could be, in relationship with God, and enter into a personal relationship with God. And as it says in, in Revelation twenty two seventeen, one one of the last verses of the Bible, whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And, and that gift flows from the cross, and it's available to all, because Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God.
0: You know, Dan, if we... Throughout some names you know for the most part universally you take someone like a maybe a kim kardashian maybe a marilyn monroe maybe a grace kelly you look at some of these you know hollywood superstars and when they're all dolled up you know they look good when their makeup is off we've seen pictures on instagram you know they still look good regardless of you know uh whether they're wearing makeup or not well when we look at the cross you know so so like Going back to the analogy of of, um, Saul versus Paul, you know, we can be that type of person that we on the outside, we can look at ourselves and be like, I go to church, um, I read the Bible, I've got Christian friends, I go to Bible study, I'm nice to the poor, I do my charitable work, you know, I'm checking off all the boxes. um, And we can look at ourselves and be like, okay, I see this Grace Kelly of a person in me, you know, with this spiritual life that i'm leading but yet then when we get our reflection and there might be people out there that are telling us and looking at us and saying wow this must be a super christian because this person is checking off all the boxes doing all these right things but then when we compare ourselves to the cross we start to see ourselves as wait a minute maybe we're not fully committed maybe we are just doing that checking off boxes maybe we aren't fully committed and maybe we don't truly believe, and maybe we never really accepted Jesus's, you know, salvation and his, and maybe we never really repented of our sins. And so even though on the outside, we're still looking pretty good to the world and to ourselves, we need to check our, uh, check our soul, check our inside, because we can be deceived. I think that's the one thing that a lot of people kind of fall into when you look in the mirror or when you look at something is the deception, you know the deception that is there. It could be a, a good deception. It could be a bad deception. I remember one time talking to a student who wanted to be a singer. This was an 18, 19-year-old freshman in college, and she wanted to be a singer. So she went to school to study singing. So I asked her about her singing, and I asked her the question, simple question, what do you think would keep you from achieving your goals? And then she started to talk about how the way she looked, her nose the tip of her nose was too close to her lips or, you know, stuff. And she started, she started nitpicking about the way she looked. I'm thinking to myself, uh, that has nothing to do with your singing abilities, the way you look, you know. And and so I asked her about it. I said, why do your looks, how are your looks going to hinder you from becoming a, a singer? And, again, it was all about the vanity of how you look. And she started trying to compare herself to, you know, different singers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really realize that you know, keeping her from being a good singer wasn't necessarily the way she looked, although I did get what she meant. It's going to be, can you sing or not? Will you be able mm-hmm. to sing? And she was kind of giving herself this false reflection that the things that were going to keep her from being a singer had nothing to do with singing at all. Much, mm-hmm. much like us as Christians, we can look at things and be like, oh, I'm okay because I'm doing all the stuff. But then when we look at it, we're like, oh, wait a minute. I have nothing, you know. I, I just I, I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm dead inside, even though the outside looks alive in Christ. I'm dead on the inside because I'm never really truly committed.
1: Yeah, and you know, to take that example uh, of that of that young girl, or just anyone really today in America who's being conditioned to try to get as many. You know, Instagram likes or Facebook likes or, or just people to tell you, you know, that they, they love your look. Okay. They love your look. They love uh, that photo of you or what you're wearing or how you've done your hair, your makeup or whatever, or, or, you know, the muscles that you have, but you know, with all of the focus on the outward appearance, all of the focus on social media and, and what are other people saying, you know, um, where Where is there any room there for what does God say about me? How does God see me? You know, in the Bible, God sees us as sinners and separated from him. And he sees our sin as a very vile thing, uh, a very wicked thing. And until the blood of Jesus cleanses our sin, God cannot even hardly look upon, certainly upon our sin. Um, we are that far from him. Uh, we need a mediator. We need someone to bridge the gap between our terrible sin and, and our perfect God and our creator. And that's what the cross uh, did for us. And that's why God accepts us today is through the cross. And through the sacrifice of, of his only son. And and so while the world is chasing after Facebook likes and and uh, Instagram uh, views and, and everything else, YouTube views, um, you know, at the end of the day, when, when people stand before God on Judgment Day, it's not going to matter what, you know, how many people in the world like this or that about your appearance. What's going to matter is. Does God see you as one of his children? Does God see you in an acceptable light? Does God, has God forgiven your sins? Or were you too busy trying to uh, work for the applause of the world and, and, and work for the favor of the world? And and I'll tell you, son, it's just a tragedy. When you think about how many people have gone to their grave, um, just doing everything they can to get the applause of man. And yet maybe they've never even considered, uh, you know, what does God expect of me? What does God want from me and how can I please God so that when I leave this world, um, uh, it it will not be a a day of of terror for me, but rather uh, a day of great joy as I'm welcomed into heaven which as we know that only happens through Jesus and by accepting him as your savior, that's the only way our sins are forgiven. And, and yet it's available to all, uh, whoever is thirsty, the Lord invites uh, each one, you know, let, let him come. Even as Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, uh, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You
0: know, the other thing is perspective. You know, it's when we folks, uh, focus our eyes or like Hebrews 12, two says, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, then our perspective of the world changes. So for example, the things that we might think were important without Jesus, we look at Jesus and we live that Christian lifestyle, that those worldly things aren't as important. You know, what becomes more important are the things that, the Bible is telling us to do, you know, whether it be love our neighbor, whether it be, um, you know, whatever it is, because oftentimes we look at the vanity of ourselves or we look at the vanity of the world and, you know, riches. You know, we talked about prosperity gospel preachers before, you know, and they're out there and they're preaching and they're saying, you know, you give me money and God will give it back to you a million times and all this stuff. It's like when you start to look at it through the biblical perspective of sanctified reason, you start to realize that some of those things aren't important. And it doesn't matter how I look. It's because I know that there's an eternity. It's almost like we're focused on this earth, which I understand and we get because that's where we are. And in our, you know, earthly minds, you know, we can't see into the future. So, you know, it's, we have to take on faith what's going to happen. And so it's hard for us sometimes to do that. You know, it's hard for us to get beyond ourselves in the immediate world. But what we don't realize is that there's going to be an all eternity beyond this earthly existence that we have and the things of this world that we're going through aren't going to be important no matter how good they are or bad they are. It's not going to be important in the future unless we have Christ in our lives because the two choices that we have are either going to be condemned into all eternity of darkness and hell or we're going to have the you know the salvation of being in heaven in paradise for all eternity and the things that we do on this earth if it's not kind of focusing us towards that end then maybe we need to rethink what we're doing because i know a lot of people you know a lot of singers a lot of musicians a lot of people kind of Put into their songs, you know heaven, hell. You know some say, you know, if uh, um, there's a party down in heaven, you know I'm going to be on time. Others say, hey, I can't wait to party down in hell with all my friends. You know they have this like misunderstanding, really, of what the afterlife is going to be like, and they right. don't really. And they, and I think that's where the folly of it comes in. They don't take it serious. You know, they don't take it with the realization right. that this is going to happen whether you believe it or not. And it's almost like, yeah. it's almost like okay, I understand the realization of the afterlife is going to be there, but I'm yeah. still going to continue to, to do and say and you know, enjoy life how I want to. But it's like people don't really understand the seriousness of it, and when no. you're looking at what happens to us after we die here on Earth, the only answer that we mm-hmm. can really truly look at to see what might happen is Jesus and the Bible and people that don't understand that they're just going to to miss out on the boat altogether.
1: Yeah, it makes me think, son. Of sometimes you'll see on TV or maybe on a video, you'll see um, young teenagers who are involved in the gang life, and they're flashing their weapons and they're all committing crimes, and you know they have no real concept of um you know the direction they're heading in i mean they they've been told well you know you're either going to end up dead or in jail and and they've had friends of theirs who are dead and in jail uh one or the other um and yet for the, for them it it hasn't it hasn't hit home it's almost like you know the people today who you know they hear about heaven and hell but but oh you know they don't really give it much thought just like these young gang members who don't give jail or death much thought until it happens And, of course, eternity, as you said, Son, I mean, it's eternal. Um, There is no end to a person's existence. Uh, The joy in heaven or the horror and agony in hell. And this is why, of course, the Bible says that physical training is of some value, but godliness holds value for all things, uh, holding uh, promise both for this life and the life to come. So, um, you know, eternity, as you said, is a long time. Uh, It's a long time to be wrong. And now is the time to, uh, to consider eternity. And one way I like to have people think about that song is just to ask them the question, you know, um, if you were to die today and God were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you tell him? And, you know, many people say something like, well, you know, I'm trying to live a good life or I'm trying to be a nice person or I go to church or, you know, I try to do the right thing, but none of those things are going to save a person for, for eternity. None of those things can can get us entrance into heaven. Um, the only thing that can bring us the forgiveness of our sins and eternal life in heaven is the cross where Jesus died. And so my answer to that question would be something like, well, Lord, I, I don't deserve to get in, but I believe you sent your only son to be my savior. And he died on the cross for my sins. And I'm trusting in what he did there on the cross for my eternal salvation and that their son that's that's biblical faith that's Christian faith now that 's not where our Christianity stops you know that's where really where it begins that 's the fuel for it that's the power for it that 's the heartbeat of the Christian life, but uh, there are many works that god's going to have us do many good works uh, there's much good fruit that he's going to produce uh, in us, and all of that flows out of the relationship that we have through faith in Christ, because if we bypass faith and jump right into works, then we miss everything. We miss the message of the cross. We miss forgiveness. We miss heaven. And then we're among those at the end of the uh, end of time that Jesus will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. And, and in that passage, then those people who will be so shocked, uh, it says that they'll say to the Lord, well, did we not do this? And did we not do that? But they were relying upon their works. Uh, they, they they didn't say to the Lord, the Lord, we were trusting the cross to get us in. They didn't say that because they weren't believing the gospel. They were trying to earn their way. And so I would just invite all the listeners today. Just ask yourself the question. If God were to say to you, why should I let you into heaven? And are you pointing to what Jesus did on the cross when you answer that question? Or are you pointing to what you do? And if you look into the mirror through the cross, if you look into your soul through the cross and, and, and you come out, Uh, The other side, essentially, and say, um, I'm trying my best to get into heaven. I'm doing my best. I'm working as hard as I can. Well, then, my friend, it doesn't sound like you know the gospel. It doesn't sound like you're trusting in Christ. It it sounds like you're trying to be your own savior. And and God will save you, but you're going to have to let go and let God and just trust that Jesus paid it all on the cross. That's what we mean by the message of the cross and by placing our faith in Jesus Christ.
0: You know, Dan, much like yourself, having been you know traveled around this country, we meet a lot of people, and i've met a lot of people that will try one thing like maybe they're they're going to believe in Mother Earth this week and save the planet, and we're going green and we 're eating vegan or whatever and then that kind of doesn't fulfill what they 're looking for, so then they're going to go into yoga and now they're going to be practicing yoga and they've got all their yoga stuff and it's like well that's just not gonna really do it for me so now this week i'm gonna be buddhist i'm going to zen and they keep trying all these things i want to be an atheist this week you know they can't really find that thing that's missing to fulfill them and they keep trying 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 and sometimes it might stick longer than a week you know maybe a couple years but they're always looking for something People are always out there looking for something that seems like, and they're going from one fad to the next, to the next, whatever might be out there, this self-help, that self-help, you know, this idea. And yet the one thing that they refuse to try is God. You know, they refuse to try the Bible. They refuse to try. And it's almost like that, you know, that milk commercial, that milk campaign, got milk, you know, and it was almost like, got God. I mean, why not try it? You know, why not try it for a week or two and see what happens? Because it just might change your life. It's kind of like, um, you know, we've talked about it before like uh, Nabil Kresh or any number of people, Lee Strobel, you know, they go look to disprove the existence of God, disprove the existence of Jesus, to disprove something. And as they're out there on their search to disprove God and disprove Jesus and disprove all this, they come to the realization that, wait a minute, this is actually true and exists and it changes their lives forever. And then it goes on from there. So it's almost like these people out there that are looking and searching and trying to, you know, fulfill something in them. They're looking in the mirror and they see something lacking or their, or, or their, their peers are telling them something and they just feel that even that affirmation from their peers isn't fulfilling. It's almost like, why not just give God a chance? Try him out. You know, you try everything else out. So why not try him out? Because it just might make a difference if you do
1: yeah and some of these things you're mentioning sound like yoga for example, that's rooted in Eastern religions um you know I think I'm convinced a lot of people try yoga because even though they don't realize it, there is a spiritual um connection there now it, it, it's not it, it's it's not the holy spirit um it, it, there's a different spiritual um uh, element there to anything with Eastern religions or any religion outside of Christ. And, and so, you know, we hear the, the uh, term, the new age. And as you were talking, you know, I, I thought about uh, Frank Sontag, who of course you worked with on, on his program, the Frank Sontag show on KKLA in Los Angeles for years. And, and I thought about Frank's testimony of how he came out of the new age. And, and um, I don't know, maybe it's been a while uh, since maybe he's been mentioned in that context here on the podcast. So but maybe you'd want to just give a brief little overview. I mean, Frank, Frank tried a bunch of things, didn't he? He tried, he tried a number of spiritual paths before he discovered that Jesus is the answer. And he feeds our soul because he is the bread of life. And he does forgive our sins because he's the savior of the world. And he does refresh us because he brings this living water of the Holy spirit into our heart. But, but I, I thought of Frank and, you know, you of course, uh, uh, have known Frank a, a lot closer than, than I, I did. I mean, I, of course, I, you know, would, would do interviews there on the show, but but you really you worked with him, you know, every day, and and so, uh, um, maybe maybe there's something that you think about in terms of his life and and just some of the things he shared about what he came out of as he was searching for God uh, through the New Age, but then he found Jesus.
0: Yeah. So again, with things going on in life, you know, troubles happen, and so again, it's that search for something that we were talking about, and so he got on to the new age by working at a radio station. And there was some new age guru that was having a show on a Sunday night. And, you know, and so he'd be getting involved more and more with the new age. And at the time it was fulfilling what he was looking for. Or so he thought, you know, because everybody has something that they're missing in their life and that empty hole that, you know, that God size or that God size hole or that hole that only God can fill, however you want to say it. And so he was searching. So he started to get into the New Age. And the more he got into it, the more the deeper he got into it. And the deeper he got into what New Age was all about. And then he became a speaker himself and he started to have a, a following of people. And then one day he's on the freeway a motorcycle and there's a a lady on the back of his motorcycle and they're on the freeway in Los Angeles and a Lamborghini or some sports cars coming a hundred miles an hour down the freeway. And he realizes that they're going to get hit and this car hits them, sends them flying. Well, the, the lady that was on the back of the car got hurt severely. Hold on. Okay, I'll do a pickup. Oh, sure. Three, two, one. So they're on this freeway, and this Lamborghini or this sports car comes and hits them and sends them flying. And so through this accident, the young lady ends up in the uh, ER, seriously hurt. And Frank's at the hospital, and and he's kind of waiting to find out information. And the doctor comes over and says, hey, who was the guy or the other person on the motorcycle? And Frank was like, that was me. And the doctor was like, there's no way that can be you. And he's like, why not? He goes, you should be in the hospital bed alongside her. And she was like severely injured. And Frank basically just walked away with abrasions. I mean, you know, there were severe abrasions, but he walked away from it without having to be admitted into the ER. And the doctors thought it was an absolute miracle. Well, that sent him again, you know, into the tailspin, he goes off to Lake Tahoe, starts finding things. And eventually through the new age and through all this stuff that he's going through, he's starting to realize that this isn't being fulfilling. This isn't how his life should be going. He feels this other thing out there, but he's not really sure. Well, he had two friends that kept kind of like knocking, on his door kind of planting seed planting seed and so then one time they decided to ask him to go play golf and there was a setup and they sat him down and they said hey you really need to start thinking about this you know because this is the reality of life you know Jesus is the only way start you know witnessing to him some more and really put it out there and um and eventually he gave his you know his his, his life over to Jesus But the whole point of it, you know, and and this is a severely condensed story that I'm sharing, but it was basically, you know, he was searching for something, but that search still continued to produce a void, produce a void, produce a void. And so he, uh, through from the time of the accident to the time he accepted Christ, you know, he was still searching, he was still kind of doing New Age. Uh, He had gotten married at this point, and so his wife was big into the New Age. And so when he came home... She said he had something to share, and she said, don't tell me you became one of those Christians. So things didn't get easier. They got harder because Mm -hmm. now his wife was thinking about divorce because she wanted to do the New Age. Well, eventually God worked on her heart, and she became a Christian. And so, again, it's this idea that we're out there searching for something. And so since then – He hasn't been searching. You know, like you said, he's been a Christian. He has a a men's ministry now. He did the radio show. So he's not searching anymore because he finally found what he's looking for. And that's what we come across. I've come across a lot of friends. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian church. I was in the church. I was learning catechism from a very young age, you know. And so to me, I never rejected that. I accepted it at a young age. And I never rejected it. Now, there'll be my times in my life where I didn't live up to it, but I never rejected it. I never sat there and said, the Bible is wrong. Jesus doesn't exist. God doesn't exist. Right. My personal right. thing was like, yeah, I know the Bible exists. I know the Bible is real. But you know, at this moment in time, I choose me and I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. Sure. I, I, that's me. Sure. I own up to that. But I've never rejected the Bible or the church. And so I fortunately never had to go out there and f- seek something. I would run away from it, but I never had to seek it. There's a lot of people out there, like Frank, that are still seeking, seeking, and they have this empty void. And then when they get to the point where they found what they're looking for, they're like, wait a minute, I don't have to look anymore. And then, you know, their journey with Jesus begins there. And again, it's not always, you know... um, a fun road to take because there's a lot of challenges. You know, wide is the road to hell, narrow is the road to heaven, right? Narrow is the gate. And so again, right. when you when you when you when I say just try God, you know, it's not as flippant as it sounds because there's a lot of people out there that went looking to disprove God or they were just like, "Hey, I bet you can't read the Bible for a month." and then not have it affect your life or whatever crazy things have been out there. You know, there's been so many people out there that have come to know Jesus through the, the nuttiest of things. And it's because they start to have this thirst that gets quenched, you know, and the water is always there. It's that, you know, it's the Holy spirit within us. And I think that that's the biggest thing that when we're talking about the things that we do on the podcast, on this show, it's like, if you would just realize and try, I mean, if you decide then after a certain period of time that you don't want to, fine.
1: Right. Go right. try
0: something else then. But I could guarantee you if you try God, if That's you try right. the Bible just as much with earnest as you do yoga, as you do Buddhism, as you do any other thing that you do in life gym, you know, fitness, Mother Earth if you gave it mm-hmm. that zeal and you committed right. for a week or two, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. might be it's going to impact your life and you're going to start to change and you're going to start to realize, and you might not accept it at that moment, but as you go do other things, it's going to be in there in your mind, realizing that, okay, I found what I'm looking for. I might not be following it right now, but eventually you're going to get back to it because there's no way that you can't follow or commit yourself to God for a period of time, the Bible, reading the Bible and really kind of seeking like you would these other things and have no effect on your life.
1: No, that's, that's exactly right. You know, son, as I think about like Frank's testimony and his story there, and as you shared about Frank and his wife, and I think of that uh, song by you too. Uh, um, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, you know? And, um, uh, and, and so, uh, U2 is, um, they're, they're they're putting a message out there that many people can relate to. Frank could relate to it. Um, it's interesting, you know, his wife at first was skeptical then as he started to become, um, you know, uh, more immersed in Christianity. And I was reminded of that excellent movie, A Case for Christ, which is based on the book that Lee Strobel wrote, A Case for Christ, who had, had been a, a, a reporter with the Chicago Tribune, And and, uh, you know, he was very skeptical of Christianity, but he he did a uh, he did an article uh, on on the resurrection and he researched it. He researched all the evidence. And, you know, in the movie, um, you see that his wife became a believer uh, before he did. And in the movie, they had an incident with their child where Mm -hmm. someone in a restaurant helped to save their child's life after uh, a choking incident and then how his wife became friends with this woman uh, and started attending her church. And, and she became, the wife became, Lee's wife became a Christian. So kind of the opposite, maybe, of how it worked with Frank and his wife. But, um, but then Lee Strobel was very skeptical, and he had been an atheist. But then uh, he came to know the Lord as well. But I would just encourage anyone who hasn't seen that movie, a Case, uh, The Case for Christ or A Case for Christ, um, by Lee Strobel and then the movie, uh, it's just excellent. And there are stories like that all around. And just like you were saying, find anyone, I mean, you know, until they try it, um, you know, you can try everything else. You can try yoga, you can try everything in the new ways. You can try all sorts of spirituality. Um, you can, you know, dip your toe into all sorts of religious experiences, but there is nothing that will ever satisfy your soul. Other than Jesus Christ, by accepting him as your savior, believing in him. And then as Son said a moment ago, then the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. Your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, then you start to flow in God's living water. And I know right now that might sound kind of mystical. Uh, and it's not about feelings. It, it, it's a, it's about a faith in a message that is rooted in history. It's rooted in scripture. It's the gospel message. It, it's about historical events, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his suffering and death, um, and then rising from the dead on the third day. But when you put your faith in that, um, this is then when God comes to live on the inside of you, and and this is what Jesus meant when he said flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit gives birth to your spirit, and in that same passage, then the next verse, Jesus said, um, you must be born again, so it's a spiritual birth that happens. Through faith in Christ, and then you're redeemed and you're justified and you're forgiven and you're saved and you're born again on the front end of your relationship with God. But um, you can try everything there is in the world, spiritually speaking. But if you have not come to Christ uh, the way that Lee Strobel and his wife did, the way that Frank Sontag and and, and his wife have, um, if you haven't experienced that, then you don't know what you're missing. Um, but today is the day you can put your faith in Christ. You can repent of your sin. You can come to the cross and then you can look at your soul through the cross and you can know that you belong to God because now the cross will make sense to you. Now you understand it. But when you're on the outside of it, kind of like in that uh, movie, the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, and, and, uh, you know, the book there by C.S. Lewis, and then this great movie that was made, um, while the children were, um, you know, in the in the castle there, um, it was a different realm than when they went through the wardrobe and into Narnia. And that wardrobe rep- represents Christ. Um, you know, when you get clothed in the righteousness of Christ, when you are saved, um, you enter into a new realm. The Bible says. Um, we've been seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. And, uh, the example I used recently in a sermon is that, um, you know, you can, you can drive down or fly down to the Kennedy space center in Florida, but if you want to get to the moon, you're going to need rocket power. You're not going to get to the moon, uh, in an automobile or on an airplane. You're going to need a rocket. And, and if you let that moon represent Christian faith, you're going to need the power of the Holy spirit to be saved. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So, um, you know, there are a lot of religious people at at, uh, Kennedy Space Center, meaning they're doing their religious thing, but they're not saved. Um, They're not at the moon yet. They're not seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Why? Because they're not moral? No, they might be moral. They might be um, religious, but they're not trusting in the cross. Um, it goes back to that question. What would you say if God asked you, why shall I let you into heaven? And most people say something like, well, you know, I'm trying to live a good life or I'm, I'm being religious or I'm trying to do more good than bad. None of those things will get you to the moon. The only thing that will get you to the moon, spiritually speaking, is the blood of Jesus Christ as you trust in him. And then once you're on the moon, then you can start working for God. The way Jim Irwin, the astronaut, you know, who was actually a believer when he, uh, uh went to the moon, landed on the moon in 1971. And he said that he was doing a little experiment up there, a little project that he had to complete. And it wasn't working out for him. And it wasn't coming together. And he prayed to God. He said, You know, God, I really need your help. And he was just kind of very uh early in his faith. He didn't have very strong faith, but he had enough faith to call on to God. And he said he never felt the presence of God like he did there on the moon. He said he, he, he turned around as though God was just right behind him. He, he felt that close to God. And, you know, he came back from the moon after that experience. And his life was changed. And within a year, he had quit NASA. And he spent the rest of his life, the next 20 years, going around the world, sharing the gospel with people. He started, a, I think it was called maybe Higher Things Foundation, something like that was the name of it. But it was, the purpose of it was to spread the gospel. And, oh, and, and what really got him uh, to, to move in a new direction is when he got back from their their uh, flight to the moon, and they were going. Uh, they were in New York City, and there was a ticker tape parade. And as he was, as all these people were cheering for him, thousands of people. He, he looked out at all these people, and he realized that, that Jesus died for all these people, and, and he felt compelled to to tell the world that that God loves us and that Christ died for us. And so that's what he spent the rest of his life doing. Um, this very well-known astronaut, you could look it up online, look up Jim Irwin, uh, I R W I N. If you're not familiar with his story, you know, that's, uh, my goodness. Now that's been 50, you know, 51 years ago now. Um, but, uh, there are people like that all around us, Jim Irwin, Frank Sontag, Lee Strobel. Um, and then many, many others whose names we won't know until we get to heaven. But what about your name? My friend is your name in the lamb's book of life today. The Bible says your name has to be in the book of life to get into heaven anyone's name who's not found written in the book of life it says in revelation was thrown into the lake of fire why is that Uh, because our sin has to be paid for so we have to have a reservation in heaven's reservation book as i like to call it and that's the book of life and that could happen right now today for you if you'll just come to the cross just transfer your trust from your deeds your religion your works you know uh Turn away from relying upon yoga or the new age or whatever else to try to satisfy your soul. It won't do it. It won't do it. You need Christ. You need the cross. And if you'll put your faith in those historic events and why they happened, why God sent his only son, not just that they happened, but that they happened for you. That's what faith is that Jesus died there for me. Not just he died, but he died for me. Um, he didn't just die for sins. He died for my sins. He didn't just die to be somebody else's savior. He died to be my savior. That's faith, my friend. And you can accept Christ today as your personal savior. And if you will, your name will be in the Lamb's book of life. You'll have your reservation in heaven. You'll be on the moon, so to speak. You'll be able to start working for God as someone who's been saved, redeemed, justified, born again, and forgiven. But until you get saved, um, you're just a sinner lost in your sin um, under God's wrath without any hope for heaven until you come to Christ. And so that's the call today. And, and you'll know that you're a Christian when you can say, Lord, what I would say to you about getting into heaven is, you know, Jesus died for me. I'm trusting in that. I'm trusting what he did for me. When you can say that, my friend, you'll know you're saved until you can say that. Then, um, don't, don't think that you're saved just because you're religious, because that doesn't save anyone. Um, it's faith in Jesus Christ and the work he did on the cross, not the work we do. And that's what Jim Irwin knew. That's what Lee Strobel came to know. That's what Frank Sante came to know. That's what San and I and millions of Christians around the world have come to know, including that pastor in Iran today, who's been jailed for 10 years. Why? Because he was pastoring a church in that country. Um, and they don't want Christianity there. And so I just read about him here in the last week. you know, there are, there'll be many martyrs in heaven, people who died for this message of the cross. Are you willing to live for it? We got people willing to die for it. What about you? Are you willing to live for it? And then, you know, even if, if you had to die for it, then would you be willing to die? Christ died for you. So you'll have to make that decision yourself. Um, that's between you and God. But I would not let your head go to sleep on your pillow tonight until you've done business with God and trusted his son. It doesn't make any sense to go to bed tonight. Until you've said, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood, which, by the way, a, a little added benefit of the blood of Jesus. If you ever have a nightmare, ask the blood of Jesus to protect your sleep. You watch what happens. You watch what happens when you go to bed at night. Maybe you're scared of something. Maybe you've been having nightmares. Say, Lord Jesus, please protect my sleep with the blood of Jesus. And then you tell us what happens. Let Son know. Or let me know. Let us know. You'll see. You'll see what happens. When you put God to the test, as it were, when you take the blood and apply it to your sin and even apply it to your sleep, even apply it to your dreams and you watch what happens. You know, Martin Luther said he believed nightmares come from demons. I believe that's true. Uh, There's something far worse that demons want people to experience. And that's hell, eternal hell. A nightmare is just a temporary, uh, you know, fear. Hell is forever. But Jesus died so that you and I could be saved. And so today, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved.
0: Yeah, and for those of you that would like more info, like on someone like Frank, you know, he has a a book out, Light the Way Home, My Incredible Ride from New Age to New Life. It's on Amazon, um, and you can find out more about his incredible journey. Lee Strobel, his books are out there as well. You know, Dan, your writings are at the ChristianPost.com. Just go to the com in the search engine, type up Dan Delzell, and uh, all your articles will pop up there. So there's a lot of sources out there and resources out there that people can go to if they want to find out more, if they want to hear more, if they want to learn for themselves more about it. Just do the research. And obviously, don't forget about your Bible to read your Bible because that's important as well. Probably the most important of it all. But, um, yes. Yeah. But again, you know, if you're out there searching for something and you just don't know what it is and you've been trying all this stuff and that void within you isn't filled, try God because it will change your life. Dan, we appreciate the time that you give to us. Uh, We know that your time is valuable. We appreciate the insights and talking about these things. And uh, we look forward to uh, many more conversations as the uh, year moves on here.
1: Well, it's completely my pleasure, Son. Thank you so much. It's just a thrill to partner with you on these podcasts and just to come alongside of your tremendous podcast here, Sanctified Reason. And, and uh, you know, for all the lis- listeners, we're just excited to be able to share whatever sanctified reason God has given us. And if you ever hear something from Son or I that does not square with Scripture, then don't believe it. You know, uh, um, eat the meat and spit out the bones. You know, we certainly aren't going to say anything that we think is contrary to Scripture. But if we if we ever mess up that way um don't take our word for anything we're saying always compare it with scripture and um you know the lord will bless you so thank you son it's just always a great uh, a great thrill to uh to be on the podcast with you i look forward to next time
0: yeah and if you'd like to find out about more episodes on where you can listen to them just go to radiowarp.com that's radio w-a-r-p radiowarp.com you'll see the uh sanctified reason logo when you see that, click on it, and our shows will take you to a, a page with all of our shows on there, and you can listen to past episodes and listen to other things too. And then, um, and then, if you want to reach out, Dan, where can someone email
1: you? Uh, my my email is just dan delzell d a n d e l z e l l at cox, C-O-X dot net. And uh, yeah, I would welcome any of the listeners to reach out to me if I could uh, assist in any way. And you can
0: uh, find me on Instagram at Edemrocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, and you can uh, message me there. There's also a, a link in the bio, a link tree link. that If you click on it, it will take you to some different places as well, and you can also find the uh, podcast there. But, uh, Dan, again, we appreciate it. Thanks uh, for your time, and we look forward to our next visit.
1: Thank you, son. I sure look forward to it as well.
0: And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.